Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. From the newsroom of South Coast Today, this is ST Speaks. A podcast diving deeper into the news of the day and covering hot-button issues that matter to you. You're listening to ST Speaks. Welcome to Dartmouth Digest. I'm Phil Devitt, editor of The Chronicle. And I'm Amy Chevroli, reporter for The Standard Times. And this is episode two in our continuing series of wonderfulness, I guess you could say. Yes, about the beautiful town of Dartmouth. About the beautiful town of Dartmouth, which we both cover. And uh, we're always talking about Dartmouth, as we said in our first episode. So we figured, why not plop ourselves down in front of two microphones and maybe bring you in on the conversation, which is what we're here to do. Yes, and today we're talking about one of my favorite things, which is food. That happens to be one of my favorite things as well. She's shrugging her shoulders. It's a great thing. It's a great thing. I think it's a fan favorite. You know, a lot of people like it. Well, you know, a lot of big stories in Dartmouth over the last year, but, you know, we're in, we're in sort of reflection mode as you go from 2017 into 2018, what happened over the last year. And 2017 was a big year for food and restaurants in Dartmouth. Yes, lucky for us and the people of Dartmouth. Right. It's uh, such a chore to have to go to these places and try out the food and write about deliciousness and I know. all that stuff. What a drag, right? Well... There's always been good food to eat in our area, and there was good food in Dartmouth before 2017, but we figured today we would take you through five new food spots in town, and we're not going to review them or you know go into detail about what you should get and what you shouldn't, but we are going to tell you sort of the stories of these restaurants and how they came to be and what people are saying about them. So why don't we get cracking? Let's jump right in. Now, Let's do it. Before we go there, though, how big of a foodie would you say you are? I would say I'm a pretty big foodie. I don't think I can really review... Rest- I don't know. Like, I could review a restaurant, but I'm not... You know, I don't know that much about food and, you know, the spices that they're using and, like, picking up on the flavors. Like, I'm not... I'm not really like that. Right. I couldn't necessarily be a critic, but somebody puts something down in but front of you, you bite into it, I'm you know huge, whether or not you like it. Yeah, I'm a huge foodie. Um, I eat a lot. My whole family eats a lot. We're big food people. We're Italian. so. Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah well, your last that. name is Chevaroli. Chevaroli, yeah. Is that how? Yes, yes. <laughs> sounds wonderful. Thank you. Yes. It almost sounds like a food. Well, yeah. Actually, when I was younger, um, the mom of... A childhood friend would always call me ravioli, Amy Ravioli. And you were okay with this? I was fine with it, honestly. Right. No tears mm. were shed. <laughs> I feel like people are going to start calling me that now. <laughs> right. Hey, I mean, there are worse things to call a person than ravioli. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I know I've been called worse, but we won't go there. <laughs> Not at all. And let, let's talk about what you like to eat, Phil. Okay. Let's talk about 
Yeah, or should we save that for the end? No, I knew we were going to go there. <laughs> we're three minutes in, and, and you know, I guess we have I'm to say I'm already trying it. to roast you three She's, minutes in. <laughs> you are, you're tough. You want to talk about criticism. She's got it for me. Um, yeah, listen, I love food. I just happen to not eat certain types, and, uh, and that's okay. Well, tell the people what types of food you do eat. It might be easier to do that. Then say what I don't eat, right? Yeah. No, see, uh, okay, so listen. I'm a big chicken fan. I love chicken. You can grill it. You can fry it. You can bake it. You can... Yeah, so that's a lot of your meals. Yes. chicken. So Amy gets on me because just about every meal I eat has some sort of chicken element to it. So, I mean, she, I I could talk to her about a, a new dish I tried and she could, you know, stop me right away and say, oh... I know what it was. I, I know what you had. Well, I mean, to be fair, I eat a lot of chicken myself, but it's the I best. feel like if I'm going out to a restaurant, I usually don't eat chicken. Why not? I'm, I guess I'm, I'm just outraged. more of a seafood person. I'll get fish or something like that, a seafood dish maybe. I do eat a lot of pasta, to be fair, because, again, I'm Italian. But mm-hmm. Now, seafood, something I do not eat. And exactly. I'm okay admitting that at this point in my life because, you know, I grew up down here uh, in southeastern Massachusetts. You say you're from southeastern Massachusetts. Everybody expects that you are a seafood expert. Uh, I think the last real seafood dish I ate was when I was 11 years old. It was a tuna fish sandwich. Oh, God. <laughs> and uh, I hung it up after that, retired from seafood. And I think that's just because uh, I got freaked out when I realized that uh, tuna were actual fish swimming around in the ocean. You know, I never really thought about it up until then. I thought it was just born in the can, you know, delicious and ready yeah. to eat. Um, so yeah. clearly what Amy wants you to know, I think, as we go into this food discussion, is that I am in no sense qualified to talk about what a good meal is. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Well, honestly, I feel like you should go back and try because a tuna fish sandwich. I mean, I'm honest. I'm personally not a fan of tuna, like I, from a can at least. Like I, I would go to a restaurant and order a tuna steak. Sure. Which is really good, but I feel like you should try something else if you want to. Well, I'm I, not pressuring you. I was at a friend's house a couple of weeks ago. I'm very proud of this moment, and he had some fried fish there. And one of my lifelong friends who has been trying to get me to eat seafood uh, forever, well, I mean, it's not his main goal. He's got other stuff going on in his life. (laughs) But he decided to take the opportunity to try to get me to eat some. So I had the tiniest little speck cut off of this piece of fish. It was pathetic. And, you know, quivering, you know, moved it up to my mouth and then uh, attempted to chew it. I think it was, you know, smaller than the head of a pin. And, uh... Then I felt like a big shot the rest of the night. Yeah, I eat seafood. Wow. How, how, how awesome. You didn't even spit it out. Huh? Didn't even spit it out. I thought about it. But hey. Wow, look at you. You know that game, Never Have I Ever? I do. Right? That was always my good go-to, Never Have I Ever, like eating this type of fish. And wow. Then, yeah. And then, uh, hey, I'd get everybody out. <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. Let's talk Dartmouth. Let's talk some Let's do it. food. Let's do it. And uh, really, the newest development in Foodland in Dartmouth is on Route 6 on State Road. 
Yeah. Um, in a plaza across the street from Dartmouth Woods. Exactly. What's um, cooking there? So we've got the Ninth Monarch, and we've got Brick Pizzeria, which also has locations in Fairhaven and downtown New Bedford. And um, according to their Facebook pages, it looks like those have just opened up. And so basically, the Ninth Monarch is owned by a husband and wife of Mattapoisett. And this was where Thai taste used to be. But, you know, it's a completely different restaurant, different owners. Um, you know, the wife, whose name is Vasana, also known as June Pupong de Ruiz. I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. Um, she was the... I'm sorry, she worked as a manager for Thai Taste for four years. But other than that, you know, they don't have any... They weren't the owners of the restaurant. It's basically a whole new business. Right. Um, and so they're first-time business owners. Um, it seems like this is something, you know, they've been wanting to do for a while. Um, the wife is from Thailand. So it's kind of just... They want it to be authentic and traditional food from there. Now, if I know anything about you, it's that you are a huge Thai food fan. That is true. I I love Thai food. Um I actually get Thai food every weekend <laughs> with my friend. And I think last year, I, well, I don't know if I'm sad to say this, but you know, last year was probably the most I've ever spent on Thai food in my whole life. All wow. last year. What are we talking yeah. here? How much damage? Well, I'm not I can't really say an amount, but let's just say probably almost every weekend last year I got Thai food at least one time. If I'm going to a Thai restaurant and I've never been before, what's the go-to dish? What do I need to get? I don't I don't know. Like I don't think I'm that adventurous really. Like I have a two dishes that I love that I stick to every weekend. Um, you know, last weekend I went on a branch and I got the dumplings, which were really good. This was, by the way, not at the Ninth Monarch. This was at a different Thai restaurant but, near, closer to me in Abington. I see. Um, but I just, I just love it because it's so fresh. Um, I feel like Chinese food can be a little greasy and, um, it just, it does, it's not as fresh to me. You know, maybe I've never had, you know, I've never had like real Chinese food, but, You've just been spoiled with really good Thai food. <laughs> yes, it's just really fresh. Um, I love anything with vegetables, and I've gotten into tofu recently. Well, last year. Wonderful. And um, I would recommend curry, though, the red curry, if you like spice. So at this Ninth Monarch, first of all, should we tell people um, where the name came from? The yeah. Ninth Monarch. Yes, we can do that. Um, so the name of the restaurant basically represents the ninth king of the Shakri dynasty in Thailand. I apologize if I'm also mispronouncing that. I'm not even going to try to say the name of the king because I know that I will butcher that, unfortunately. But he just passed away um, last year, I believe. Yeah. It wasn't that long ago. So this two, is... 2016, what would have been? And he was 88. 88 years old. So this is uh, the owner's way, I guess, of uh, honoring... His legacy. Yes, I, exactly, exactly. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. 
listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, the Ninth Monarch has the right side of what used to be uh, Thai taste. Uh, uh, Thai taste uh, patrons will remember that the left side of the restaurant was known as the Sushi Lounge. And there was a bar that sort of wrapped around from and bridged one side to the other. Now it looks like the space that was the Sushi Lounge is Brick. Yeah, so they actually ended up splitting up that space, essentially. Um, And so Brick has that portion of it. Now, tell me a little bit about Brick, because I know they have other locations. Yeah, so like I mentioned, they have a location in Fairhaven, and they have a location in downtown New Bedford. Um, I've only been to the New Bedford one before because it's so close to the standard times. It's just a, a walk, you know, just a walk away. Right. So, I've yeah, I've been there multiple times, and it's it's been really good for me every time. And... um. I don't know about the Dartmouth one, but the New Bedford one is open on Sundays, which is a plus because I work on Sundays and there's not a lot of places that are open downtown for food. That's really quick. So yeah, you're the reporter on Sunday, so you need as much fuel as you can get. I am the Sunday reporter and you never know what's going to pop up, you know, a fire, anything who knows, who knows what's going to happen. Right. Anything. You could be at a fire one minute. You could be at the zoo the next. Exactly. A craft fair. So you have to be prepared, and they have helped me fuel up for those assignments. So thank you. I was on the Facebook page for uh, Brick Dartmouth a little while ago, and I saw something kind of uh, nice there, business to business uh, association, uh, so to speak. I don't know if you saw this, Amy, but... I think I I I know what you're going to say. The first pizza uh, ordered at Brick was by the people next door at Ninth Monarch. Yeah, I thought that was great. And they both have Facebook pages, by the way, the Ninth Monarch and Brick Dartmouth is, is what the other one is called. Awesome. Brick. Awesome. So those are probably the two newest openings in the last uh, couple of months yeah. on Route 6. Um, another cool spot, and I say cool because I've, I've visited it, I've seen it, and uh, I know the folks behind it, is Wild Honey Cafe in Russell's Mills Village. It opened toward the end of last year. I want to say maybe November. Um, And it's in the completely renovated Duvall's General Store on Russell's Mills Road, which you might remember for a long time uh, was closed. And nobody was really sure what was going to happen there and what was going to fill all of that space. Well, you have this great revived general store on the right side and then on the left you've got um this wild honey cafe and this cute little space and i say little but it's actually kind of spacey it's 1000 square feet Hmm. which is uh, enough for about 19 seats so in the morning you've got people in there ordering breakfast food and coffee and tea and all that stuff they're also open through lunch they serve sandwiches and salads and it's really the only place in the village at the moment catering to that, you know, hunger, so to speak. If you want food before Wild Honey, you kind of had to speed out of the village a little bit and go somewhere else. But 
for folks who live in that area, I think it's been uh, a, a welcome, welcome business. Have you been by yet? I have not, unfortunately, no. But this is enticing. This is enticing. Um, Wild Honey Cafe is, uh, it was a, a leap of faith, the, the business owner told me. This whole business idea, it was a leap of faith for her. Um, her name is Jillian Martin. She is from Westport. She still lives in Westport. But she has had dreams of uh, you know, maybe owning her own place, a place like this for a long time. She is uh, great with food, uh, very talented in the kitchen, and this opportunity just sort of fell into her lap when she was least expecting it. Um, you know, like I said, she had dreams of food and you know, and serving other people, but she had just gotten married. She was looking at a career in social work. Her husband Jacob was going out in his own business opportunity, taking his own risk. So when this opportunity came up, she sort of hesitated at first. A family friend who has ownership in Duvall's basically called her up and said, hey, I think you're the right person for this if you want it. And Jill, you know, she took some time to think about it. And she said, yes. Well, at first she said, and she told us in, in the story we wrote that she would have to be insane to say yes to something like that, considering how much was happening in her life at the time. But after a couple of months, she and her husband decided that they were going to go for it. And I think I said in the article that they decided to toss sanity aside to make it happen. Hey, sometimes it's what you got to do. Right. And her direct quote to us was, you have to take that leap of faith sometimes. You can't do it without putting your whole self into it, which is great advice for anybody looking to bite off more than they think they can chew and follow their dreams, I would say. Yeah, I'd say that's pretty inspirational. Yeah, and it's a sunny space. It's like beautiful yellow walls, and the and, and Jillian is very nice and inviting, and um, she's created a real homey atmosphere in this really cool old building that's just worth checking out in and of itself as an architectural gem in the village. And did you eat there when you were there? So they're on my case about that, too. No, I went in. <laughs> I did my job. I got the interview. When I went in to talk to Jill, it was the day before opening, I believe. So, I mean, I didn't want to bother anybody and say, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll take one of everything on the menu <laughs> because they had a lot to go through and sort out before they opened. Uh, yeah. But Jill, if you're listening, I promise I'm going to come in soon and, and, and say hi and, uh, and maybe order one of everything on the menu because it all looked pretty good. And I've heard nothing but good things about it since they opened. I yeah, we got to go vis- back and visit these restaurants. Let's just take a week off work and visit every restaurant possible. I'm not sure how well that will go over, but... I'm going to ask know, the boss. Maybe we could take a little lunch break, head on over some of these places. Maybe. And I should be remiss if I, if I didn't mention that this is a family affair of sorts uh, for the, uh, the I was going to say the Martin clan, but uh, Jill's maiden name is Duclos. Uh, Jill's brother, Josh, owns a florist business called Fresh Foraged Designs. And he, too, has found a home at Duvall's General Store. If you go into Wild Honey Cafe, uh, on the right side, you will see a setup for Josh's business. And uh, he's mega talented in his own right. And 
they actually, these businesses, these sibling businesses sort of feed off of each other. When I was in there, he was trying to figure out, uh, you know, table decorations for, for all the tables in the cafe. And I think he switches those out every few days. So it's brother and sister helping each other. Which well, is- that's awesome. I mean, yeah, I mean, a lot of these are, you know, kind of small family-owned businesses. Um, Brick, too, um, they're owned by John Goggin and his, stuff, his son, excuse me, Jeff, um, and Lisa and Jay Daniels. And um, Jeff and his sister Andrea are also the founders of Green Bean Cafe in downtown New Bedford. Another great spot. Yeah, that's a good place for a quick bite. Always busy. For a lunch break. Yeah, it's always pretty busy in there. Um, oh, that, that reminds me. I should mention, uh, we talked about the name origin of Ninth Monarch. Uh-huh. I asked Jill uh, where Wild Honey came from, and she said that she just woke up in the middle of the night, and it came to her. She doesn't know from where, but it was just there. And she thought it sounded beautiful and had nice imagery, and that was it. Wow, it's like it was meant to be. Like it was meant to be. So there you have it. So, so far, we've, we've talked about three new places. We've got Brick. We've got the Ninth Monarch, and we've got Wild Honey. And what else do we got, Phil? Well, earlier in 2017... Seems like so long ago. Two, two other places opened, and Amy and I were just talking about this. We had a little... We almost... Not a debate, but we're like, did, that, did this place really open in 2017, or was it 2016? Well, it was uh, 2017. It was just a strange year. It was. Um, and we're talking uh, first and foremost about... Uh, New East Asian Fusion, which is also on Route 6, uh, State Road, opened around Mother's Day, according to our records here, in the building that used to house Wasabi, right? Um, which was uh, another um, Asian restaurant. Mm-hmm. This one um, also under completely different ownership, and I still haven't been, I'm ashamed to say. Yeah, I honestly still haven't been either. Amy hasn't Sad. been either. But uh, that was something, uh, a place a lot of people were anticipating um, earlier this year. And, you know, for good reason. It's a big building, number one. <laughs> so there's plenty of room to have, you know, we used to have our uh, Hathaway um, publishing Christmas parties at uh, wasabi simply because it could accommodate a big table full of a lot of people, a lot of hungry people, uh-huh. journalists. You know, we love to eat. We uh, love to eat and we'll eat pretty much anything. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> if this sounds like we're asking you to come bring us food, well, it's exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> uh, our colleague Steve Urban interviewed the uh, co-owner of New East right Back in April before they were scheduled to open, um, uh, Nat Kohner's name was Eric Wang, and he told us that uh, Asian fusion cuisine would combine elements of Chinese with Thai, and Japanese, a little bit of everything, right? So, you know, sometimes you hear these buzzwords and you're not exactly sure what it means before you walk in, but that's what they were shooting for, and they said, you know... We're not going to copy anyone else. They were very determined to do something different and leave a, a different kind of mark on southeastern Massachusetts cuisine. Um, Steve Urban at the time also reported that people who were familiar with wasabi likely wouldn't notice much difference in the appearance of the place, uh, which might be of some comfort because, I mean, boy, there was another restaurant there before it was wasabi, and 
I swear I did not see much of the decor change in that place. Some things are better left untouched, right? Yeah. So you have New East Asian Fusion, which opened, and another big opening this year, just down the road from New East, was... The Cask and Pig. The Cask and Pig. Now, Amy, have you been to Cask and Pig yet? I have... I know this. I keep I keep saying this, but I have not eaten there yet. I was there um, shortly before the opening, um, and I did that story, but I have not been back since. Right. So it sounds like you get to go cover a lot of uh, restaurant openings and get no food out of it. <laughs> I know, but they do they do always say you know come back when you can and try the food. Right. Well, you know, and I'd love to. You know, we were talking about the the look of these places and. Uh, Long-time restaurant patrons in Dartmouth will remember that the place that now houses Cask and Pig went through a few other incarnations first. And I remember the first time I went into Cask and Pig thinking, you know, wow, they're going to do you know barbecue? How are they going to make this place look like a, a down-home barbecue place? But they did it. They, they did it. Um, this is the building that used to house Trio. And before that, uh, a restaurant called Opus. And they had completely different looks inside and obviously completely different cuisine. Uh, I have not sampled, you know, one-fifth of the good stuff on the cask and pig menu yet. But I will say two words. Trash can nachos. Amy, what do you think? (laughs) I think I could get down with that. I mean, usually I don't quite trust your recommendations. Right. As in never. She never trusts my recommendations. Yeah, that's true. I never do, but... This sounds hopeful. It does. And you know what? We're in a new year, 2018. It's a time to be hopeful. It's a time to try new things, isn't it, Phil? <laughs> Maybe you will get me to try, I don't know, some delicious seafood dish this year. All right. That's, that's one of my goals right there. Boom. There it is. Thank you for that. And now we have it on record, too. I can't <laughs> squeal my way out of this It's one. true. It's on the record. So we'll, we'll keep updated on that. We will. We will. Yeah. And now we're both very, very hungry. Yeah, I actually, I really want dinner now. (laughs) I want dinner too. That sounds like a good idea. And we hope that wherever you are, you're enjoying or are about to enjoy a lovely meal yourself. We will be back very soon with more Dartmouth Digest, a new topic every week. Who knows? We might have some special guests at some point drop in and chat with us. Yeah, who knows? We'll, knows? we'll We'll keep you on your toes there. Amy, can people find you on Twitter? People can find me on Twitter. I love Twitter. Uh, my handle is Amy C underscore SCT. And my Twitter handle is Phil Devitt Cron. That's P H I L D E V I T T C H R O N. So come say hi to yeah. us. And what if people want to follow the Chronicle? Oh, a great question. On Twitter? On Twitter, on yes. Twitter. We're, we're on Twitter, at The Chronicle DW. That's at The Chronicle DW, DW for Dartmouth, Westport. And then there's a Facebook page as well, I assume. There's Facebook, and of course, there's our website, southcoasttoday.com, and southcoasttoday.com slash chronicle. You have many choices. There we we're go. We're just coming at you from all angles. And then the Standard Times is South Coast Today online. So South Coast Today Twitter, South Coast Today Facebook page. There you yeah. go. This is your way to be connected to us 
more than you could have ever imagined and more than you <laughs> maybe, could probably wish for. Yeah, I was going to say maybe more than you want to be, but hey, hey <laughs> it's out there. That's what we're here if for. If you want it. <laughs> well, that's it for us today. Thanks for joining us right here on the Standard Times Podcast Network. All right. See you next time, Phil. Okay. Bye, Amy. <laughs> Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.